Welcome to Relatable with Ash, where we talk about all things mindset, wellness, relationships, and empowerment. Just a quick note before you listen to today's episode. In the episode, I talk about a yes, no, maybe list, otherwise known as a boundaries list. And the way that I reference it in this podcast is about sex, but it's also about boundaries within relationship. Um, so that's a, a survey style quiz that if you want to get clear on what your yes, no, and maybes are and what your partner's yes, no, maybes are. I've got a link in the description of this podcast episode that you can go to and you can find out all those answers for yourself. Uh, None of it will be attributed to your email or your name, but I thought it was something fun that you could do to take action from today because this one is a juicy episode that is going to get a lot of cogs turning for you in a good way if you let it, if you surrender to it. Uh, So get ready to jump right in and have a good time. Welcome back to Relatable. Hello. We're on episode 14. This is date night number four. And today I wanted to jump on because for the first time in a very long time, I watched a reality TV show. And Chaz watched it with me. (laughs) Yeah. And the end of the first episode, Chaz, it was so shocking. Chaz ran out of the house and then ran back in (laughs) (laughs) because it was, it was kind of uncomfortable, but like it, I don't know. How would you describe that moment? What was, I just couldn't believe what was happening. Like the premise of the show was already so outrageous Mm. and then just the way they were setting up these couples kind of like like they were meant to fail the aim of the show is that they're meant to fail in some way and then hopefully come together stronger after it yeah but i'll I'll explain the premise so the show is called the ultimatum it's on netflix (laughs) nick and vanessa lachey host it and these couples come on the show and one pet one partner of the couple is giving the other partner the ultimatum it's either you marry me or i move on that's that's the, the situation and to put it into perspective too these couples are around like youngest is 22 the oldest is 28 these couples have been together for roughly two two and a half years um which already to me as soon as i found that out i was like why are you rushing to get married if it's only been two years? I don't understand. It is interesting that you and I think that's like, whoa, that's probably not long enough to work out whether you guys can tolerate each other for a quite some time yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it is pretty normal for people to engage, like get engaged a roughly that time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like two years was when our honeymoon phase ended. That's why I think it's not a long enough time. <laughs> What's that face for? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, everything, like, yeah, sure. You, if you had proposed to me in two years' time, after the two years, I'd have been like, yes, I love you, of course. But we didn't have experiences that exposed us to challenges to see how strong we actually were and if we were to choose each other, 
in those situations if time hadn't passed a little longer. But so the second part of this show is that so six couples come on and the part one of the partners dates a partner from another couple. Mm-hmm. And so so pretty much it's it's uh like wife swap. Yeah. It's pretty much like wife swap, but you have to date around to figure out which of the other couples yeah. partners that you want to date. And so yeah. you get to see that whole experience. Yeah, because you get a taste tester of every single wife, like to be wife or husband. Mm-hmm. And they'll all go on micro dates with each other first. And then after all these micro dates, they have to then choose who they're going to select as their person that's going to then spend another three weeks with them living in the same apartment together as their new mock husband or wife Mm -hmm. and then they'll swap back to their original wife or husband who they came there with and pitched the ultimatum to well they're not wife and husband yet but they're yeah like that's the that's the aim Mm -hmm. um and then they have to deal with all of the shit storm they just created by dating (laughs) these other people and all of the issues that it brings up between them um, What's yeah. so wild is that when the couples were dating the other, you know, um, girlfriends, like the, the men were dating the other girlfriends, the, the women were dating the other boyfriends to see which um, of the other couples that they wanted to date. They're all, all these couples are in the same vicinity as each other. Like they're all <laughs> sitting around the pool, like kind of separated, but not really. So you can hear your partner laughing while talking to another girl. Yeah. And so there were a couple couples that were like, what's so funny? What are they laughing at? Yeah, they're so distracted by their, by their partner, like having a good time with another person, mm-hmm. just in conversation that they can't even like operate in, like functionally on their own experience, which mm-hmm. is funny to watch. And also just like at the same time, kind of like uncomfortably gut-wrenching, but... yeah. It definitely like the first few episodes we were we were hooked. We watched the first one and then I I was not on board with watching it at first. We skipped past it like three times on Netflix and then we were like, let's let's do it. Let's indulge. Yeah, let's <laughs> indulge in some horrible reality trashy. TV. Yeah, like that's something we normally just wouldn't engage in because mm-hmm. it's so trashy. But mm-hmm. and this was kind of trashy, but it also was very very very. Uh, hook line and sinker addictive <laughs> you know what's crazy about it too is like a lot of the times when people do throw out ultimatums like because this is this is also something that people do a lot um from what i'm gathering with their partners is throw out well if you don't do this then i'm doing this and it's a bit of a manipulation yeah and it kind of which some of these couples might have that that's maybe why they may have done it but it got thrown right back in their face when mm-hmm. they were like well actually you're the guy that you want to marry is actually going to go date another girl and they he gets to choose what girl he's dating mm-hmm. and they could have some chemistry mm-hmm. and you don't like so you don't see the, really the discussions that they're having uh, about what is acceptable in this 3 weeks and what is not but on the show they're apparently not dating anymore these couples aren't dating anymore so technically they're single yeah yeah so it's uh, it's a bit of a debacle because yeah, some of these couples really do hit it off and they find all of the things that they were so, quote, like, missing, I guess, 
in the other partner. Um, and it's also what I thought was really interesting was like the issues that some of the partners were having with each other. They would end up having the revolt uh, roles reversed on them when they were with someone else. And so, for instance, if one of one of the girls on the show, she had this huge issue where she would she would start like an, an argument or bring a, an issue up with her partner, and then he would also try and like communicate with her. And then the whole time she would just like constantly give him like these faces that like would rolling just... her eyes or like expanding them i don't know how to describe that it pretty much just said i don't give one shit about everything you're saying and i'm judging everything you're saying without saying it but Mm. she for some reason thought that was okay to communicate like that Mm. and acceptable and he's like mad at her pulling these faces at him and they get to the point where like she's obviously not listening he gets frustrated he calls her out on pulling these faces and then she chucks a temper tantrum just like i've had it i can't do this right now and they get nothing solved mm-hmm. but her with the other guy when she switched they switch and the other guy has her problem right he plays that role on her and she tries to play the cool card like i'm the one who's level-headed i'm the one trying to sort this problem out and it was just so funny to watch because it was like if you're with someone who you're not necessarily that comfortable with perhaps or this person is slightly further along the the continuum of being like uh, like a not a good listener or whatever it might be in order for her to communicate with that person she had to be the bigger person so it was teaching her something it showed that she was capable of it yeah but at the same time it was just so ironic that that was the biggest issue in their relationship and she just couldn't get over the hump to show that she could do that for her own man that she supposedly yeah. loves that's what was interesting it, i don't know if it was like when, so this lady's name was Shanique. Her original partner's oh, name... Oh, we're calling people out. All right, Shanique. It's I'm on happy. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole world's fucking seeing uh, it. Yeah, I was going to try and stop not giving any spoilers. Oh, okay. Okay, well, okay. I'm not going to say anything further then. You can t- explain the scenario. Like, people won't know. Like, But if you say the names, people will understand. Right. Well, every when you watch the first episode, you're going to see that Shanique and Randall are together. Yeah. I won't, oh, give, yeah, a, I won't give away who her partner ends up being. But it's interesting when she goes back to Randall after the three weeks. I don't know if it's a matter of she falls into habit. Like habitually, she's just been that person that is... Randall's so level-headed. He, he really is when he, he was with her. Or is it that she really actually kind of doesn't want to be with him and so she's actually self-sabotaging the relationship by still having keeping those old habits? Like, yeah, like it's so hard to actually know what's going on in their their relationships. You're just seeing the issues arise, but because obviously the editors are making cuts to make mm. them seem as juicy as possible. But it isn't like I thought it was interesting just watching the way people argue with each other and <laughs> how just unproductive it is. And pretty much every single couple, their 100% main issue was they were saying that they aren't hearing each other and communication's the biggest issue. Mm. But they're not even allowing it to happen. Like, they're showing they're capable of, of it with other people, but there's something, like, that... I don't know. They just might not... Like, I feel like they just don't like each other that much. Yeah, they're really <laughs> trying to force it to happen. Yeah. Like, maybe they're the kinds of couple that 
couples that go on those shows like that. Although part of me was like, that would be a really interesting experiment. <laughs> I'm not going to... No thanks. <laughs> but I would hate it. I would, I would... Part of me, the ambitious part of me, would be like, that would be so fun. And then there's another part of me like, I don't want to do this. I just want to be back with May. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, the people who do do reality TV shows, like, first of all, they must have a butt ton of time on their hands or a shit ton of money to even consider just like applying to do such a thing and mm. giving up their lives like apparently they were working but it seems like only one of the people actually went to a day job who was a nurse the rest of the people just some of them were influencers so yeah. that's, i think that says a lot about yeah the you, that might go on. your whole life is just based off social currency yeah um yeah. But yeah, it, it the end part of the first episode, which I won't give away, but there's a point where they're all at a bar, they're all technically single, mm-hmm. and one of the guys is talking to one of the girls from a different relationship, and then the original girlfriend oh. from that guy, she comes over, and she just sits with them, because yeah. she sees them getting along. They're hitting it off. They're on like a private date. Like these guys are in the same room, but they're all supposed to be having private dates. Mm. And they're hitting it off. And the girl gets up to go sit with the guy on the same side. Because like they were hitting it off so much. They're like, let's sit next to each other kind of thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the original wife, to be wife or girlfriend, comes over with her man and like scoots in on the other side and just vetoes this action and that's what caused me to just like run out of the room <laughs> yeah. i just thought that was so outrageous it was bold it was a bold move uh, it was powerful yeah I, I, like i don't blame her i actually i've had that happen to me before something a similar situation so i was with you mm. we were at a club and mm. i saw someone i went to high school with so i turned to talk to him and his girlfriend had her back to me and then I, I, I kind of saw her, like, side-eye me. And I, like, looked at her. I had no problem. Like, I'm not hitting on your man. I'm just having a conversation. And then she, like, the way she turned around and the energy she had, she and then she introduced herself, and it was really up in my face. And it was the same energy as that girl. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I respected her for that. I was like, you go, girl. Bold move. But it is shocking when it happens. You're like... Dang. And I'd like to think that I would do that. You definitely would do that. Yeah. I've seen you in that situation where like a, a girl's talking to me and you're you're kind of just like looking across the table like you better like assert your relationship with me soon. Otherwise, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they don't even believe me, but I, I think you're just some like when we're out and you're looking so pretty and sometimes people just think I, I or maybe this is my own insecurities but I think sometimes people don't believe me that I'm with you I don't think that's the case they just are trying super hard yeah yeah that's what you think I don't know that's where my mind goes I, they probably hear a lot of guys say I've got a girlfriend and yeah. they still they just assume the- you point out like any person they're like that girl's my girlfriend yeah. you haven't said no so i'm not taking that for an answer yeah but see that's a dude that's that's what normally girls do to dudes like that's more of a girl move like that's what? my boyfriend yeah you know what i mean like that's that's a clutch move too because pretty much if you say that yeah. loud enough to any guy who's near you and if they're a nice guy i've definitely done this for girls uh, they're like that's my boyfriend and they're in a situation where they just want exit yeah like you just you jump into that role you're like yeah leave my girl alone please like get out of here 
and like you can you can save a girl's night but i guess there's that that kind of danger element to it for a girl whereas like a guy it's kind of like not so much that kind of scenario where you're actually there possibly saving them from like a really gross dude who's just super drunk and just mm. harassing someone yeah yeah so pro tip for guys look out look out if you can like never hurts to uh save save someone like that yeah the the you, you will see the girl with the eyes she'll have the eyes like she turns yeah. away from the guy and she's like fuck someone fucking help me right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like but you know and i'm not i'm not saying that to be mean to some guys too i think like when some guys when they're inebriated they just they don't know what to do girls don't know how to say no because they're scared that if they say no i don't know maybe maybe they just don't know how to say no but also, maybe they are scared that if they say no, the guy will arc up, so... Well, we we kind of live in a culture now where a lot of people are scared to make bold moves in person because we live on such, like, a social media world. Mm. I find people making bold moves in person is, number one, really confronting a lot of time. Like, our culture doesn't really accept that anymore. Whereas if you did that in the, like, 90s or something, like, people would be like, that's how you pick up chicks. Yeah. Whereas now it's just... There's, like, like a safety net. Yeah, like, there's 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 a screen before you can actually make some kind of bold move um, with girls or guys or whatever it is. It's actually a really nice safety mechanism, I think, personally. Like, if I was single... And I met a guy out, but I wasn't like really sure. And then like, he was like, add me on Facebook or I'm so old. Add me on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. Uh Then you get to see what they're really like. And so the next weekend, maybe you're both out and then you hook up and you know, it's like a reasonable, safe experience. But that's coming from someone who's been in a relationship for a long time. So yeah, who knows? Maybe you just need to say yes to opportunities. (laughs) (laughs) But like my point is, is like that bold move in the couple scenario where the other couple comes and vetoes the date going on. Like that's a really loud, bold move. That's really intrusive. Mm. I think most people these days are too shy to even make a kind of bold move like that because they're scared of the social repercussions in that situation. Whereas if you go back before social media, having negative social repercussions was a common occurrence. So you were kind of used to it. So if you got rejected in a social circumstance, you would just wear it. You'd be like, oh, like you shoot your shot kind of scenario, but it's also just like, you got to speak your mind. Whereas that doesn't happen a lot in person very often anymore. Oh, people speaking their mind. Is that what you... Or just saying what needs to be said mm. or calling someone out. Like that's why people can get like bullied so badly because people are happy to be bystanders because we live in like a pull out your phone record instead mm. of stepping in and actually... Because you've got a social wall. You yeah. think like you're behind the phone, you're not part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have to just be bullying. I just think that kind, like that can be applied in so many different social circumstances where um, people don't say what they want to say. Mm, and like, yeah, I guess that brings it full circle back to the ultimatum experiment. I We were saying this while we were watching the episodes. Like one of the biggest, this is show has just highlighted one of the biggest problems with all these couples and in all relationships is communication. Like, whether it's a situation that bothers you, like, for instance, like a girl hitting on you, I would have no trouble coming up and saying something, although I probably need to curb how I say it. And, like, 
how how you deliver it is like important. I think. Why are you pulling that face at me? I was pulling it at the camera. Oh, okay. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but just being able to communicate with your partner, like what is acceptable, what isn't, where are my boundaries? Where like we were even discussing yesterday, our boundaries in certain areas of our relationship are totally different. So yeah, and so whoever has the most boundaries is probably where the boundaries need to be set you know what i mean like you can compromise on certain things but i have looser boundaries than you do Mm. we're not going to go through life just following my boundaries because that would hurt your feelings whereas like if we follow your boundaries it doesn't necessarily hurt my feelings in any way like obviously we talk about like whatever our needs might be Mm. and we try and meet those as best we can but i I'm like we're not gonna go around just hurting my feelings all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like because that's about being respectful for each other. Like everyone comes from different circumstances and backgrounds, mm. and we need to be respectful of those as well. I think it's important to point out too that, and this is something that I understand that boundaries are movable. In the past, when you have crossed a boundary, whether that you thought it was small or not. It, it like it hurt me it hurts me so much or I get so scared that in the past I used to think well this is my gut instinct this means that this is you can never ever do this and I'll never be with someone who does this which is not necessarily true because I mean I can't think of a great example right now but to me I am willing to move boundaries when I have come to terms with certain situations yeah. I think it's important to, and I, this is what I said in my five day free course, boundaries are not like a, a hard and fast cement wall that will never be knocked down. Boundaries are like those um, kind of like traffic cones or like this, the, the parts on the highway that they, the things they use to section off when there's construction going on, mm. on the road. Like the, once the construction has finished, then those boundaries can be moved a little so that there's another lane on the road. And then once the construction is completely finished, all those boundaries are removed. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool analogy because you can be like the the bottleneck sections where there's construction going on is all the things that are going to trigger you in that situation. And if you haven't dealt with them, then you're going to bottleneck at that scenario and you're going to... One of you is not going to be able to feel as free as they possibly might want to be in a situation that arises if you haven't, like one of you hasn't dealt with those things. I like that. That's a cool analogy. Yeah. I I can't. I thought of a scenario where like, like there's certain jokes I'll make around friends that are just like they're obviously jokes, but they're pushing the line. Mm. And sometimes you're like, hey, I really don't like it when you make those kind of jokes. And sometimes I'm like. I really <laughs> find those jokes super funny, so unlucky. Yeah. And, like, that's one of those boundaries where, like, over time you've kind of realised that, like, it is a joke. I don't actually mean what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, therefore, you can get away with it. And I'm sure we can all relate to, like, you have your friends where you just say absolutely outrageous things and um, everyone has a really good laugh. But, yeah, even with your partner, there's going to be things where they're going to be like, hey, hmm not sure if you should say that Mm -hmm. and then you might even have to be like oh well this is what i kind of mean from the joke they may have taken a completely different meaning from it um well i was even saying to my friend this morning 
Um, she takes the jokes that you say very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was saying to her when we first met, probably 50% of the time that you'd make a joke, I would take offense or I would take it personally. Yeah. And then over time, you were just like, well, I'm just going to say shit. Like, you're just going to have to thicken up kind of thing. Mm. And at first I was like, fuck you. I'm good. I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah. And then over time, I've slowly yeah, pushed that percentage down. I would say recently, you've been really, really good at that. Mm. And even like... I would say something a little bit outrageous to you and we'd like play fight after it. Yeah. And like you'd yeah. come and just attack me out of the frustration of it. But like you're, you are kind of mad, but you're also like you Making see it that fun. it's a joke and you make it really fun. And then we have like this kind of like tension in the air that's really fun and exciting. And like it can almost be like sexual in a little bit of a way, but it like it brings back like that happy, like funness that. The uh, play. Yeah, the play. Like and it's fun to play because that's essentially what it means. Like. Mm. Obviously, like, for instance, if you, like, I don't know, I, uh, what would be a scenario? Like, a, it might be even just, like, a, a, a classic, like, stereotypical uh, make me, a, make me like, a, something make in the kitchen sandwich. or something like that. Yeah. I don't think I'd drop the sandwich one, but, like, it's something close to that, right? Yeah. And it's, like, obviously just, like, the... I do a lot of the cooking in the house. Like it's it's not like a scenario that's actually true, but just like playing on it sometimes is just so much fun. And you'd be like, yeah. you'd play on it too. You'd be like, what did you say? And <laughs> yeah. Then you'd like come and attack me, and I'd laugh, and it, it's all fun. Yeah, yeah. That's also, I guess, another thing is like learning not to take things personally. That's something that you have taught me in a really big way. Mm. But it's something that you really do have to do within a relationship if you want to be able to communicate with each other. Yeah. Like if. If you were to take everything I said personally when I'm upset and I'm hurt, mm. then it's you're gonna get frustrated, like angry at me, and it's just gonna go keep going back and forth and back and forth. So you need to be able to learn to step out of that, that kind of, that space. Yeah. And like it, you know, part part of it for me was well, if I let that joke slide, then I'm not a good person. Oh, it's like who fucking cares? Like I I know I'm a good person, so and like making. The more you watch comedy, the more you realize and understand what jokes and comedy are about. And then it's not. Yeah, because there's horrible, like, I always say inevitably. Inevitably. (laughs) (laughs) There's horrible things that happen in the world. And, like, you could look at those horrible things and just feel the entire weight of them. Mm. or you could turn those horrible things into something we can all laugh at Mm. and if you can shift your viewpoint to like there's obviously there's always scenarios where you shouldn't make the joke and you have to learn where that is Mm. um but also in being able to laugh at some things that are hard is going to help you to like move through those things so much easier as well um but that's a tough mindset to take. I made like a post this morning and uh, the quote, the gist of the quote was, um, uh, what is the truth isn't necessarily important. It's how you look at it that's important. And so the Mm. thoughts that you have like around whatever the topic might be is going to dictate how that thing actually is. And if you have really negative thoughts about something, then you're just going to constantly have negative thoughts. But if you can be an optimist in every situation and kind of look at it 
from like a positive viewpoint and ensure that the back and forth dialogue that occurs in your head is always a dialogue that's seeking to see the better outcome, Mm -hmm. then you're just going to overall be a more generally happy person. Mm -hmm. And like we all get into those situations where you kind of start to notice a negative dialogue that might occur. Um, And it's good to battle with that and try and shift that dialogue. And that's why like doing physical things for a long time, like endurance kind of things is really 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 uh good for building mental mental strength because when you're like for instance if you went for like a four six k run doesn't have to be that long that's that's very achievable for most people in reasonable shape throughout that run you're gonna have this voice in your head that's telling you to stop Mm. and it's gonna be asking you to stop because you're tired you're fatigued but the other voice also needs to overcome that voice and tell you the reasons why you're gonna keep going and it's also going to give you like goals in which you got to meet. You might be like looking ahead and seeing like a street pole. You're going to be like, I'm going to keep pushing at this pace until I meet that street pole. And when you meet that street pole, you're going to be like, you know what? That wasn't that bad. I'm going to go again to the next one. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to keep like that dialogue back and forth that you can have in your head can be so powerful. But that's how you can train it as well mm-hmm. through pushing through hard things. Yeah, that's that's a great uh I'm glad you brought that up because that's what happens when I go for runs. So I've never been a runner, but we run up and down the street. And one day I got out there and I noticed that I was running and the voice in my head wasn't saying stop, but it was finding excuses to stop, to stop. It was, you know, like my ankles hurting or, or this is happening for me or I'm not fit enough or like, oh, I'll, I'll probably have to cut it short and just stop at the end of the street and walk back and, and finding all these excuses. And then I noticed that that was the conversation that was happening. And I was like, you know what? Clean the slate. I've got this. And I just, I kept, I kept focusing on my breathing and I kept saying, I've got this. I've got this. I can do this. I've got this on repeat. And I just repeated it, repeated it, repeated it. And all of a sudden I was two houses from home. Yeah. And I like I couldn't believe it because I, I saw my car and I was like, oh my God, I get to stop once I get to my car. Mm. I thought, I'm almost, I, I did this whole thing already. That's mm. amazing. And that's, that's the kind of, it's not a mindset that you, that people are just naturally born with. You have to train it. Yeah. It's a muscle. You yeah. have to be able to do that. 100%. The same kind of goes with, um, how, how you look at everything, even jealousy, for example. This is something that I wanted to bring up. It's something that was obvious in the ultimatum. It's something that I've dealt with all, for a lot of my life. Um, and it's something that I had someone message me about and we were talking about um, jealousy in their new relationship and obviously how that you know triggers old wounds. But um, even how you look at jealousy is an important one. Mm-hmm. So for me, I always saw jealousy as a bad thing because it caused me a lot of hurt and a lot of fear and a lot of pain and anger. And, and um, it feels like I can't control myself when I'm jealous in those situations. Not that I actually get that jealous anymore. Um, but that's probably because I've mended my relationship with it. I've changed my perspective. I've been able to look at it and understand that, first of all, jealousy is teaching me, um, it's telling me what I want. So I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but you know, seeing you out and interacting with a girl, at first I would just be like, I'm jealous, I'm hurt, I'm scared, she's a threat. 
now I can kind of look at it. Not that it actually happens for, like at all anymore, but <laughs> we just don't go out. Really we don't anymore. go out much anymore. But I'm able to look at that and understand. Okay, at least back in the time when this was all happening and unfolding back in like 2019, mm-hmm. I understood that there was something that I wanted that you were giving to that girl that I needed, and mm-hmm. that was connection and fun, and um, time conversation. And so I, I can kind of, when you start, instead of reacting to jealousy or any other emotion, when you're able to look at it objectively, even though you're feeling something inside, it changes, it can change absolutely everything for you. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's cool that you've found a way to turn that into a compass. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, there is, there is another, there's something, there's another way that I look at jealousy that... Um, oh, maybe that it's just actually not a bad thing at all. Mm. Like when you start to judge yourself for being jealous or you want the feeling to go away, um, you're causing more suffering. It's exactly like you're running and you're like, oh, but I've got this sore ankle. Oh, but this is painful. Oh, I don't want to experience this. Well, if you just sat with it and just allowed yourself to feel them and, and telling yourself this is actually a natural feeling, mm-hmm. then that the suffering slows down for you as well. Yeah. But that girl in the ultimatum was very good at handling her jealousy. She just was so upfront about it. She had some moments where she cracked in front of everyone. Yeah. But like, I thought she, she when she did crack, she cracked in a way that wasn't necessarily attacking the mm-hmm. others so much. And she was expressing from her point of view and how she was feeling in the situations, which is like a, a hard thing to do for most people like talking from i feels mm. um and yeah like obviously that's a really hard journey to go on mm-hmm. is watching your partner fall in love with someone else right mm. in front of you yeah yeah like that would crush they fell hard yeah yeah i don't know how they even like returned from that <laughs> yeah i know we haven't finished the show because we were just like i'm over it kind of rooting for the the, the new couple oh, I know. which like doesn't like you don't want to, but at the same time, you're like, they're so good together. So I know it's so backwards. Yeah, it is super backwards. But props on the guy for, oh, I don't want to spoil it, but like he he he, he kind of like tries to redeem himself um, and the relationship, I guess. Not that everyone was just like being put in that situation anyway. Not redeem is probably the wrong word, but he actually mm-hmm. wants to like build his, his relationship. relationship a go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. What a good, good nut. Another thing that was, and this is kind of a theme within everything that we've talked about, um, the ultimatum really highlighted the lack of self-awareness that people have. Oh, God. They, <laughs> they had awareness of what their other person was doing wrong, but they couldn't even, they couldn't see what the other person was doing right, mm. and they couldn't see what they were doing wrong. It was so embarrassing. It was like watching primary schoolers trying to interact, and they're like, he did this to me, and I didn't do anything, mm. and not recognizing that you're most of the problem. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you got to fix yourself before you try and start pointing out other people's sore points. Like... Yeah, that's the biggest thing in a relationship. Like, if you don't come in all sorted and prepped and ready to bring yourself to every moment accountable, 
you're you're only gonna hinder hinder your growth together like mm-hmm. you have to hold yourself accountable before you start holding your partner accountable mm-hmm. for things um yeah and they just didn't have that self-awareness at all there was no accountability on themselves they were just really pointing out the sore points of the other person constantly instead of looking how can i do better mm-hmm. and i like yeah it but was a weird one like i some, think it's something something that we both do naturally now now anyway like in the past i would I would think you're causing me to feel this way, so you're the problem. Mm. And and really, over time, I learned because you you just wouldn't you wouldn't have a bar of it, which is which was a great thing because it it taught me to go back and spend time with myself and be like, okay, well, like what's going, what's actually going on here? Is 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 what he's doing the problem, or is there also other things involved? And then so for me, it was working on, you know, maybe what is this triggering within me? Is this an old relationship pattern that? is coming up and so I would work on that and I would say I need to heal the emotions around that but I also you know what can I be doing differently um and then from there you know if the situation happens again and and I've I've worked through that and I know it's not me now I'm like okay well actually this is something that is really important to me that makes me feel this way and I need to bring this up with you yeah and then it's my job to do better (laughs) then you know what I mean like then obviously there is something there and maybe, like, I might not necessarily see it as an issue, but if I care about Ashley enough, I'm going to make that a priority not to be a big thing um, that hinders us. Mm. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong to in their relationships is one person is constantly just the pushover mm. and the other person, and they just accept everything that the other person is doing Mm -hmm. instead of speaking up and you're the quiet person in this relationship Mm. but she's she's got really good at having a loud voice and that was probably one of the biggest things that I was pushing you for when we first met is you being more vocal in all all situations Mm -hmm. just like taking control of conversations saying what you how you actually felt because she's very like she gets emotional Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, to me, it's like, well, you're, you're emotional because you, you've had like a situation where you wanted to bring up your opinion in that situation, but you didn't say anything. And now you've just internalized it mm-hmm. where, and then we'll talk about it later, but I'm like, oh, you should, really should have said that. Like, that would have been like, even just cool to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, like in, when I was growing up, like that was super normal in our family was to have like heated debates about different things. And like it was really just argument, like we were arguing, but like in a manner that it was okay to express yourself emotionally in a way like that some people might feel confronted by, mm. but like you, were, you, your voice was being heard. Um, and sometimes you had to walk away from it and go to your rooms and then come back down and sit at the dinner table and start again and try and hash it out. And sometimes it's like, sometimes they, they, they didn't like always get solved perfectly, but mm. it kind of taught me to speak my mind. And that was something that I was always like, you should speak your mind. You always told me to have thicker skin. Yeah, I think that seems like I've I've hit a sore point with you there, the thick skin comment. It, because don't, I don't remember saying that very much. I've definitely did. said it, but obviously it's like... It punctured me. <laughs> it was fucking rough. You yeah. were pretty much... T- like, to me, you were telling me that I was weak and I hated that. And, like, I, I guess because maybe I was judging myself for it as well. 
because I saw like I saw you you doing all these things this guy that I really looked up to and he's pretty much calling me weak um which was like my own judgment as well yeah I like I don't know I, I got pretty thick skin because like I've been around like m- like men's sport for so long as well and I've been in situations where like players that were far older and more experienced than me and I was like the young guy and they'll just shit on you 24-7 and you're in this situation where you're also like kind of in the heat of battle on the court and tempers flare and you you get super mad at each other like sometimes to the point where you're like are we going to fight over this (laughs) and like it never actually ended up happening like that but at the end of the day you then gotta also show up again to the next training session and work with these people in close proximity and still be able to have good chemistry on the court and be able to play with each other in a way that's conducive to getting the overall outcome done Mm. and so when yeah when I say like have thicker skin I guess I kind of live through like some of the torment and like some of those things that like I went through definitely wasn't okay and you can't go through today like if people treated me like if I treated players like that the way I was treated coming up in, in basketball, mm. um, there would there would be there would be massive issues and like people just wouldn't accept that. You'd probably be kicked off the team. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's hard, you know, for people listening because they they also don't have the context of what I was like that back then too. I was very much stuck in my emotions, and like. Anything that was slightly upsetting or whatever, I would just yeah break crumble. down. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be much. Like it wouldn't like, take I much function. to. Mm-hmm. I could not function in daily life, and no. so it like at the time I was like, "You're being so mean to me." But um, <laughs> she's she wanted me to have like compassion, but at the same time, I kind of saw it as like you. I would just be coddling you and just furthering the issue. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a middle ground there too that we would float back and forth between. Like there would be some moments where you would have like a little bit of compassion for me. And then there'd also be moments where I just needed to, um, you just needed to give me some tough love or walk away and for me to deal with it myself in mm-hmm. order. Like there's always that, that middle ground, that, that zone of proximal development that yeah. I love talking about so much. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, I agree. And I think I try and lean towards a little bit more of the tough love option most of the time. Um, You're not even that tough, though. Like, I mean, okay, hang on, hang on. No, I don't mean... Whoa! (laughs) No, I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, when when I think of tough love, I think of, like, I think of, like, this older, beer-bellied white male who's just, like, who's, like, just, like, angry and Mm. kind of mean and just, like... Oh, get the fuck over it. Have a teaspoon of cement. That's not what you're like. <laughs> yeah. That's... No, I like, I, yeah, I like to frame things as like, oh. Factual. This, yeah, this is what you did here. This is how you behaved. What are we going to do about it next time? Mm. Kind of scenario. And you'll be like, but this is how it hurt my feelings. I'm like, well, does that solve it? Like, are we, are we getting anywhere though? Like, mm. Yeah, sometimes and sometimes like it is important to acknowledge the feelings and when I would return back to you after like we like if if I wasn't having it and you were like stuck in the emotions and a lot of the time like I'm like, well, I'm not going to be dragged down into this emotional spiral. I'm going to go do something I enjoy Mm. while we and while I'm doing that, I'm thinking about 
what we just went through and whether I was too harsh or not. And if I was too harsh, I'll come back and I'll apologize. And while you're thinking about that as well, you'll be like, oh, you know what? He's made some really valid points. Maybe I could have thicker skin next time and maybe look at it like this, like he said. Mm. Or maybe I am dead set right. And when Mm. I come back, you just accept the apology I give you and we just leave it at that. There does need to be a sense of like humility. I don't know if that's the right word no, in, this, in yeah. this context, but you know, it, it's it, you can't have the same person caving all the time. No, but yeah. that definitely happens in a lot of relationships. Oh hell yeah! And in, if I'm being honest, in when like we first started dating, that's what I expected of you because I was feeling so intensely. I was like, well, I'm feeling this way and you're not feeling that at all. So you should just cave to me. I'm like, this is more important to me, Mm. which sometimes there are situations that are more important to one of us, but that's up to you to have the awareness of yourself and the awareness of the other person and understand and come back to them. That's what, like, to me, that's what love is, is being able to put your own anger, fear, hurt, just gently to the side for now if you see that the other person is more upset but you need to have that self-humility to be able to go am I just staying stuck in the feelings and using it as a tool to get them to cave yeah and that's where a lot of people like that that's what you're seeing a lot on that show hey yeah was like that manipulation of like they yeah they just like get stuck in their feelings and then they use the feelings but on that show, they were also lying a lot of the time. Like they weren't, you could tell they weren't saying what they really wanted to say. Hiding the truth. They were hiding the mm. truth. Mm. And sometimes the couples would call, like the other person would call them out on the truth. And then they would have this cheeky grin on their face that you like straight away immediately yeah. said guilty. <laughs> yeah. Guilty Which is as funny charged. to watch as a third third person yeah because like the situation doesn't warrant for any kind of cheeky smiles and then all of a sudden they just call them out so perfectly the other person can't hide their guilt all they can do is like laugh in shame (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is funny um -hmm. yeah but yeah and also some people don't realize that they're emotionally manipulating like um i guess something that i would have like said in the past was well, I don't mean to manipulate them. Like, I'm not, I don't think I'm trying to get to them to do anything. But when you're in that emotional state, you, that's not what you're thinking of. Mm. You just want the pain to go away and you think it's in the other person caving or the other person coming to you. But yeah. really, you do have the power to, to, to do that yourself mm-hmm. as well. Like, your partner is not your savior. No. I think that's a very important piece to make. And I think that I want to say that that gets put on males. I I feel I just feel like that's something that um gets put on men. It's like you you're you're supposed to in in heterosexual couples. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, yeah. that's honest. That's terrible. Yeah, that's that's not the case. Well, definitely not happening in my relationship. Like, I'm not happy. Is that something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Happy Chaz, happy Shiraz. yeah like yeah we both we both hold each other's happiness at the same importance level yeah which is key key um (laughs) 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 (laughs)
is that racist? Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know if you can do that in 2022. Yeah. We'll cut that bit out. Fuck. <laughs> this episode is going to come back to haunt me in 20 years' time. <laughs> Remember when she did that Italian hand signal in the podcast? She was only 22. <laughs> what? She's I'm not 22, 22 guys. Yeah, that was a compliment again. How dare you? When a woman gets mad at you for saying her age is less than what it is. I mean, yes, I'm 22. Happy wife, happy life. (laughs) (laughs) Something that I thought was um, interesting I heard on a podcast this week also was the monogamy continuum. So, uh, so, okay, who so, came up with this one? Sounds like something I'd create. It was uh, a sexologist, Dr. Tammy... I've forgotten her last name. Um, and what's her credentials? She's a sexologist. Okay. She's, a doctor as well. Yes, she's a research... She does research. So she did... Actually, let me tell you about this study. She did research where she worked with Ashley Madison, which is like an... What are you laughing at? I was just like making fun of the credentials for no reason. I don't know. It's because I said it yesterday. I was <laughs> yeah, like, no, that no. lady who's a doctor who... I don't know what she's a doctor in, but she said this. Uh, yeah, I just wanted you to fuck up for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> You're evil. Anyway. Actually, the study has nothing to do with what I wanted to talk about. I, the reason I wanted to bring this up was because... Um, you had talked about in the last podcast episode, the emotional consonants continuum. Mm-hmm. And I've just been seeing the word continuum everywhere. And so I heard about the monogamy continuum, which is you have a scale of monogamy. So on one end, like the very far, let's say very far left, has nothing to do with political parties. Left of the continuum is like um, um, porn is cheating. Looking at other women is cheating. You can't follow these women on Instagram. Um, you can't like women's photos. And which is, and I don't mean to like sound judgmental because I'm not being, I don't mean to be judgmental, but that is, that's okay if that's your boundaries. That's um, like extreme monogamy, right? And then you can move up the scale a bit and it's like, yeah, you can watch porn. Yeah, you can look at other women as long as you come home to me and Mm -hmm. you're not like, like, you know, flirting with girls online, that's fine. And then you can move further down. Flirting is fine. You can move further down. You can go all the way down the other extreme end of the monogamy continuum, which is, yes, we're in a romantic relationship. Wife Wife swaps. It could be wife swaps. Wife swaps. Yeah. It's like... Trade them in. (laughs) But the idea is... Um, I know and you know that we will always come back to each other. Yeah. Um, emotionally and sexually. Yeah. And that's like where the, where the continuum drops off and moves on to something else is polygamy or polyamory, which is where you decide to emotionally and romantically invest in other people. But that's not, that's not part of this continuum. Look, the Mormons may have got it right. Many wives, happy lives. Mmm, interesting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but does the wives get many husbands? No. Or wives? No, 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 no. That's not how. That's not Are how. Are Mormons works. secretly lesbians? Is it Mormons? I, I, I don't think it's the Amish. Amish. Is it Amish? Ooh, now I feel bad for calling out. Okay, we're just stereotyping. Mm. Amish aren't religious, are they? No, these are Ashley's honest opinions. <laughs> Everything I say is a science fact. <laughs> and my personal opinion. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Don't cancel me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's an interesting continuum. I, like, yeah, you have to talk with your partner like 
even before marriage, like marriage especially, 100%. but just like just being in a long-term relationship, you should probably work out what those things are and where the line is okay and is it okay. Because one of you is going to have the line drawn somewhere and one of you is going to have the line somewhere else. Mm. And it's definitely the hard way to learn if the person who has the line further to the right does something wrong because their needs aren't being met in the relationship that they feel as though should be being met, but you haven't discussed them with your partner. And so like normally, like your partner could probably fill that void for you in most circumstances if you vocalize whatever that need is. If you communicate it. But like obviously like if you're at the super far right end, she can't turn into someone else. But maybe role playing could be an option before you get to that point, right? Where you Mm. start like sleeping with other people. You could be Mm. like, oh, what if we just pretended to play different roles? That could totally work maybe for someone. Mm -hmm. And then that way you're meeting in the middle. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's you have to you have to find out where those barrier boundaries are, and mm-hmm. then which ones are you willing to budge on? Which ones are just like no, nope, this is like the no go point for me, and if you want to be with me, this is where we draw the line. Um, also, a great point to make is that your relationship is going to evolve over time. Mm. So where you might have a boundary now. In like 20 years time, maybe that boundary is further along the line. You don't have it anymore. Or maybe it's further back of like, you know, to the left. Mm. So like, it's so key that you learn how to communicate. And I I saw a post on Facebook and it was like, um, I, how come when I, like people always tell me to ask for help, but when I ask for help, I never get it. It's like, okay, well, what are you doing to change how you're asking for help? Are you learning about new communication tools or new ways of expressing yourself? How are you expressing yourself? That's like, that's super important. As you can see, I'm very passionate about it. Mm, well, that's, that's your thing. That's your job. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I was going to say one more thing about the, the continuum, but uh, it was while you're listening to, you know, even when I was talking about different parts of the continuum, just notice noticing what comes up for you internally. Where do you get that constricting feeling? Because that's probably where a boundary is for you. Yeah. So it's not like, yes, I 100% think that you should bring up these conversations with your partner. But even in noticing, having that awareness of where is that boundary for myself, even in listening to this conversation, did I think that that, that part of the continuum was like totally fine? Or that part of the continuum was like, oh, no, I don't like that. And then being able to express that with your partner or even asking, like I asked you yesterday, like, where are your boundaries in mm. relationship? And I just kept throwing different scenarios at you and you're like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine are very different to yours. I, yeah. I, I don't know, like, I weirdly just don't experience jealousy like other people experience jealousy. At least I don't think I do. Like, I don't get that gut wrench feeling when you say something and I don't, like... It just, I don't get that feeling inside. So, and mm. I, it's not that I don't get that feeling inside ever. It's just that I don't get that feeling inside when you said any of those things. Mm. Um, any of the things that I said just now in the continuum or you mean yesterday? Yesterday. Oh, okay. But even in the continuum, like it, it, nothing really like frightens me too much. If anything, like, but I think I may have just maybe broken my mind by convincing myself that anxiety is excitement all the time. So mm. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just an excitable person. You're like curled over in the corner, rocking back and forth. This is it's happened. This is happened. <laughs> what are we going to do about this? Guys? <laughs> uh, but yes, that last point, definitely 
check in with where your boundaries are. And like you said, being able to discuss them before you get married, being able to discuss them in partnership, even if you want to, and this could cause a fight, but bringing up the, um, bringing up different scenarios. So Dr. Emily Morse, who is also a sexologist, she has a list called a yes, no, maybe list, which you can find online. And it's a list of like different, like sexual things. And you, you yes, no, or maybe them of like what you might be willing to do. And so see with that and consider that as well as like another boundary. Sounds like kind of a fun game to me. Like, like a couple's game. Yeah. Like it's a couple's game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be. And then you get to have an open conversation. Oh, oh. Oh, I'm good. Then you get to have an open conversation about that. Sorry. As I, well. I trained today. So I'm pretty sore. Oh, sorry. I trained today. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Okay, come off it. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, yeah. My, and my then feelings. You, you get to open up the conversations to what the other person needs and wants, but also like where your boundaries lie. Um, that's, yeah. a, that's a nice soft way to ease into it because you're not, you know, really discussing things that are too crazy but if you do have shame around sex and that's how you grew up as i did then like uh, even answering the the questions of that quiz might feel a little difficult for you that's okay notice what comes up for you notice the feeling you get Are you, is it shame is it disgust is it fear is it guilt it, like what is that write it down write it down and then just know that when you do talk about these things with your partner and those feelings come up that have the self-awareness to understand like, okay, this is just me and my own shame. This is me and my own fear about this topic and learn not to project that onto your partner as well. Yeah, sick. Mm-hmm. I reckon that was a sick podcast. That was fucking sick. It was really spontaneous too. We did not. Yeah, not really any planning went into it. Yes. I think we were at the optimal level of caffeinated today. Like last time we were pretty caffeinated. Too caffeinated. That's Stella Rosso, Stella Rosso stuff. It's, yeah. it's hard. Not sponsored, but Not should sponsored, be. but hit us up. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Might go there right now. It's closed. Oh. See, this is why sometimes religions just ruin days for me. I, you know what? <laughs> joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, like, we should be thankful for the Christians for allowing us to share their holidays with them. Yeah. Um, also, what if we just had long weekends all the time? You know what's really savage is like the religions that are just like, you're not going to get Christmas presents, Charlie, while they watch everyone else get Christmas Your presents. Your birth isn't worth celebrating, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you were a mistake. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, let's All right. end it there. All right, cool. Adios. Adios. Until next time. Thank you so, so much for listening all the way through. If you'd like to support me and or you enjoy the content that I'm putting out, please, please let me know. Leave me a rating on Spotify. You can even DM me if you want particular podcast guests on or you want people back on. I've had a lot of requests for Chaz again. So yes, other than that, I hope you enjoy your day. I hope you took something from this podcast that can help you and I'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's my new outro. <laughs> <laughs>